The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the messengers of John had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to behold? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare the way before thee. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When they heard this, all the people and the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. The Gospel of the Lord. So we see from the first reading today this tying together of uh, John the Baptist as the friend of the bridegroom and Christ himself the bridegroom. And so that comes from the prophet Isaiah who speaks of the coming Redeemer as the bridegroom and the people of God as the unfaithful spouse, the unfaithful bride, the one whom, uh, as that unfaithful bride, offends God by her unfaithfulness but he, it says, in his everlasting love, constantly pursues her. He is always coming to pursue his bride, his people, and to draw them back to himself, to make them faithful to himself. And so what the role of John the Baptist is as the friend of the bridegroom, as he is described, the friend of the bridegroom, he rejoices when the bride is reunited with the bridegroom. He does not desire to take the bride to himself, but as the friend of the bridegroom, is always preparing the bride for the bridegroom. And so we can see that even what we were looking at yesterday, that is in part his frustration, even at his own disciples who have not yet followed Christ with all their heart. He is not the bridegroom, Christ is. He does not desire that people follow him, but that they are united and follow Christ. And so his disciples, John's disciples, who are slow to conversion to Christ, as we saw yesterday, he sends them to the Lord with a question so that they might receive from the Lord that conviction that he is the one whom they should be following. And so after these messengers of John had gone, one of the church fathers says that before any doubt concerning John, any doubt concerning his ministry or his faithfulness, Anyone who might think, is John the Baptist doubting? Before that can even take root in any of the crowds, the Lord immediately goes to uproot that thought from their hearts. 
And so as soon as the messengers have gone, what Jesus does is he says, what did you go out into the wilderness to behold? What did you go out there to behold? Because everyone, it says, almost all of that region at one point had been going out to John the Baptist in the desert. And the reason that they were going out there is because they knew him to be a prophet. They knew him to be this extraordinary figure. One of the commentators says, John the Baptist was like someone who lived on earth, but he was obviously from heaven. <laughs> he was obviously from heaven. They said that because of all the denial in his body, his interior was completely free and united to God at all times. And so he lived on earth as one from heaven. He is, as the Lord says himself, the one of whom it is said, I send my messenger, but the word there is angel. I send my angel before thy face. To be an angel is a ministry, right? It's a ministry, it's a messenger, one who carries a message from God. That's who St. John the Baptist is. He is the angel that goes before the Lord to prepare the way. And so everyone who had gone out into the desert, as the Lord is saying, what did you go out to see? They went out to see this extraordinary figure, this person of John the Baptist who had denied himself so much in the body so that the spiritual life was preeminent for him in his life. And everyone was attracted to this. And the Lord says, did you go out to see a reed shaken by the wind, someone changeable with every movement of the wind, someone who constantly goes back and forth? No, you're going out to see someone whom you know is fixed, someone who always speaks the truth, even if it means his own suffering. And we can see that because St. John the Baptist is consistent in his preaching. Even when he speaks and corrects the king himself, Herod, and even with all of its consequences where he is now in prison, he doesn't change that conviction, that preaching of the truth. And so he is not a reed shaken by the wind. He is firmly established in truth and firmly established in Christ. And then he says, what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? No, we know that St. John the Baptist, he was clothed in camel's hair. He was penitential in his life. He didn't seek to satisfy the flesh. He sought to live always according to the scriptures, always according to that message that he had from God to give to the people, that message of conversion. The first aspect of conversion is the turning away from sin turning away from all the ways in which we try to satisfy earthly desires. And so it is right that he gives all of those up and lives this penitential life, so that in his own life he is an example of what he is calling people to do. Turn away from the things of this earth and turn your hearts and minds towards the things of heaven. So he is not clothed in soft garments. He does not eat or drink luxuriously, but penitentially. And then the Lord says, what did you go out to see, a prophet? And then the Lord says, yes, and more than a prophet. He is the culmination of all the prophets. He is the one who doesn't only speak about a coming Christ, he points him out where he is present, as we've said before. And then the Lord says, this is he of whom it is written. It's a beautiful line. It shows that John's the gospel, St. John the Baptist his life is a fulfillment of scripture. This is he of whom is it, it is written means 
He is the one who acts according to the word. In his life, he fulfills the scriptures. He fulfills certain aspects of what it is said about him. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. All of the scriptures are fulfilled in Christ alone. He is the fulfillment. But we are called, like St. John the Baptist, also to fulfill the scriptures in a certain sense in our lives, to take what the scriptures tell us and to implement them in our life, to believe them first and then to act upon them. And this is why St. John the Baptist is great. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. The commentator says, one of the commentators says, this is because of that ministry and that proximity that he has to Jesus Christ. One of the commentators says that in war, it is the friends of the king that are closest to him in the battle. And St. John the Baptist is great because he is so close to Christ in the battle against sin. He is the one who goes out and is always crying that conversion of heart. Convert and be turned to Jesus Christ. And in this season, this is what we are called to, to take the scriptures, to believe them, and to implement them in our life. And the first step of the implementation of scriptures is the turning away from sin and the turning, away, and the turning towards Jesus Christ. The first way in which we implement the scriptures in our life is conversion. And our conversion is normally a slow process. It's not a once for all. It is slowly as we try by God's grace to turn from all the things of this world and to turn our hearts by his grace and his love to the things of heaven and to Christ himself. But also to live in that way that is great, to live in close proximity to Jesus Christ by practically spending time with him here in his presence in the Blessed Sacrament, to be close to him so that we might also be converted ever more deeply every day, but also that we might all call others to that conversion, give up this world and put our focus on the things of heaven and on eternal life. It says, when they heard this, all the people and the tax collectors justified God what St. Ambrose says is meant by that, justifying God, is by the confession of our sins. And so he says that when we justify God is when we confess our sins and submit ourselves to God's saving action, that he might in his mercy save us because of our repentance and our sorrow for sin. And so lastly, that's also what we are called to in this season, is to make sure that we are looking inwards to ourselves and that we confess our sins to God and submit ourselves to his saving action, which begins with the incarnation of his Son, which we wait for with great hope. Amen.